Before we begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Amazon Music for partnering with us on this episode of Three Techies Banter. But you'll hear more about this later on the episode. Let's get right into today's episode. Hi, I'm Samiran. Hi, I'm Nilesh. Hi, I'm Sheetal. And you're listening to 3TB. 3Techies Banter. So it's an interesting thing. This is the first time in uh, in the three seasons of 3Techies Banter that Samiran and I have decided to come into the studio to record. Uh, Nilesh, of course, joins us from Dublin on Riverside. But... Samiran and I are here today and we thought we would check whether the energies change or not. So if I'm looking like an idiot where I'm turning <laughs> to the right all the time, while you see me on video and I'm having a conversation, it's simply because I have Samiran sitting on my right. And if he's looking towards the left, you know, it's because I'm sitting over here. And so while they've recorded us individually, I promise you, we're looking at each other and not staring into space or behaving like some idiots. Uh, if you recall, we... Started season three with uh, roti, kapra, and we kind of forgot about makan. So here is makan for you. And in case you have forgotten about roti and kapra, you can go back and listen to it. So I think uh, as we kind of started thinking about this episode, uh, we realized that you know makan, as in housing, was a much larger problem than you know just when we finding a house. You know, it, it is a national and international crisis so much so that in fact the un and the world bank have you know dedicated a whole sdg to it you know uh, sustainable development goal number 11 it's about giving housing to all by 2030 i think that goal was set up in 2015 i don't think it's happening by 2030 but anyway it's there the fact is that with, with rapid urbanization i think there's around 1.8 billion people who have uh, living in substandard housing so you know there's a tons of stuff that uh, governments are trying to do uh, to solve it uh, builders are doing uh, people are trying to kind of figure out more and more innovative ways of solving this problem but it is it is seriously an issue and you know a uh, issue is really serious when people start making uh, jokes about it this is a problem globally, and it is obviously a problem nationally, which is why uh, we've got a whole bunch of schemes, including the uh, Prime Minister's Awas Yojana, which is kind of trying to address this problem of housing for all. Uh, uh, I think half the population is living in slums. I think there are 4.4 persons per room uh, at an urban level, at, at, at slums at an urban level. So it is, a, it is a very large problem at the micro level. And at the micro level, we have this very funny paradox where there is a whole amount of uh, houses which are available, but there is a huge shortage of available houses where people are looking for it. So, big mystery there, which I think Sheetal is going to solve. I, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm going to wield my sword and sort all problems of the world, which is never going to happen. But what is interesting, I think, is the fact that um, if you look at it from a sustainability point of view, right, we all look at housing, we think of it as generations, things that we leave behind for our children, etc., the fact is that um, housing is one of the largest carbon emitters in the world, right? So there is this whole thing of the various countries coming together to say that 
they want to have a net carbon, a net zero carbon emission by 2070, right? But think about it. India is the fourth largest carbon emitter in the world and construction sector consumes a lot of energy. So according to a UN uh, status report, uh, construction sector consumes about 36% of the final energy. And in Asian countries, India consumed 25%, right, of the total carbon emission uh, due to construction. Now, yes, a large part of the construction is not necessarily residential, but it is very large. And so on one side, and Nilesh will talk more about the homelessness part of it, but on one side, with the population expanding and growing, we need homes because there are homeless people. On the other side, every time you create a home, you're creating problems for the future generations. And that's quite an interesting dichotomy. So, Nilesh, you want to step in and talk about the homelessness and the issue around but homelessness? Before Nilesh, actually, but you know, this is a very, uh, I mean, I guess it's a problem because one of the offshoots of development or economic growth is this more construction, more building, more development, what have you, which unfortunately uh, also has this pollution angle. So what we are essentially saying that you have to, going forward, develop consciously because, I mean, you can't go back and fix everything every time because you can't say, I have, I'm, you, know, you can't do what China has done that, you know, you develop, 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 pollute, 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 and now go and fix it. So basically it has to be, uh, to kind of repeat a really corny word, it has to be sustainable development, so to speak. Correct. No, so, uh, Samiran, just to add to that, uh, uh, we we have to develop sustainably and I, I will talk about it in our uh, second segment about solutions to this problem. But I uh, read something interesting that, you know, two-thirds of um, global building area today, right, will still be around uh, in 2040. So now if you set up goals for 2070, it means that you'll also have to retrofit. So we can uh, touch upon a little bit that two thirds of the stuff will still be lying around. So you can start building new in a better manner, but you will have to retrofit. Now, coming back to, you know, Samiran touched upon uh, it a little bit about the, the homelessness part, right? Uh, uh, to, to give some uh, numbers, and it's not an accurate number. UN uh, reports say that about 150 million people are homeless, which is about 2% of the world's population. And on the other hand, Sheetal talked about the, the, the whole emissions aspect of it. So this is, this is like a, a, a big cash 22 situation, right? You have to build and, and you need, uh, uh, you know, homes. Uh, and, and the reason, uh, why we have to solve homelessness was very, aptly uh, mentioned by a Cambridge anthropologist called Dr. Johannes Lenhard. He mentioned something which was which kind of uh, was very interesting. He, he said that uh, there is a huge sense of well-being tied to simply having your own front door. And uh, Cambridge University actually did research and they found that when they provided, uh, you know, something they called modular mini homes to a lot of homeless people, there was a huge reduction in drug and alcohol abuse and improvement of physical and mental health. Uh, so uh, I think what we'll do is probably in the second section, uh, we'll talk about some of those uh, solutions, uh, modular solutions. So, so, so you have to solve for 
homelessness and then you have to ensure that your practices for future buildings are sustainable and you have to retrofit uh, the the buildings that are not energy efficient but will be around you know two thirds of them will be around for next you know two decades uh, so so that is that is one part of the you know uh, difficult problem to solve the second part again when you construct more i think uh, i saw a statistic about cement which was for me mind boggling and since sheetal you mentioned about china being the top contributor uh, china has used uh, four times the amount of cement in uh, 10 years than what us did in one century so it is mind boggling so china has used in 10 years something like 8.7 billion cubic meters of cement and uh, us uh, used in 115 years 2.4 billion so uh, uh, and and uh, cement is needed i'm not saying uh, they are building a lot so uh, that is the reason for all the usage of cement but uh, the the you know the the fallback of this huge cement need is that one of the ingredients of that is sand and that part has resulted in illegal uh, you know dredging and all the sand mafia india is aware of it uh, india tamil nadu one river has gone in extinct because of the dredging in in tamil nadu i think i'm forgetting the name of the river and um, i read that uh, another area where a lot of uh, this uh, sand mining happens is is mekong delta and mekong delta is is kind of sinking 2 cm uh, you know every year it's it's a grave situation now uh, it's uh, people uh, it, it, roads have slid down houses have been lost there has been huge damage uh, due to that and um, I, when i was reading i thought about sand you know if sand is needed there is so much sand uh, you know why, why do you need to go to river beds so uh, i realized that uh, the only sand usable for cement and glass is actually a particular grain size which you only find in river beds you cannot use the uh you know sand dunes kind of sand because it's very fine and it's weathered so it's very smooth uh it doesn't bind and you cannot use the ocean sand also because that is also weathered and it is not uh, it's too fine so so there is no other solution than dredging rivers but uh, the rate is so high that usually the sand replenishes in the river bed uh, but there has been no time for doing that We, the, there is constant illegal mining so i mean it's a it's a grave problem i mean Yeah, so um, Nilesh, closer home, Bangalore has similar issues, right? They've had a lot of construction which has gone on, and you're now seeing the fights that are happening in Bangalore around that too. It's also interesting because uh, it's not just the weathered of the the beach sand; it's also the saltiness of that sand, and that creates damage when it is used in construction. So there's all kinds of problems around the sand, and that's why this whole dredging so, issue, which is coming so up. So in fact, uh, just uh, as we end this section, there's one of the things that uh, I've been kind of talking to a few people about. Associated sand is water, actually. You know, so the UN has actually said that the next World War Three will actually be fought over water. Of and there are about three hundred conflict zones they have identified. where around the world where this could cause uh, you know conflict can be triggered by lack of water uh 
closer to what we are all associated with uh, chat gpt so chat gpt with every time you uh, run a query on chat gpt or you make a individual search it consumes 500 ml of water so every time it is half a liter of water so just between 2021 and 22 uh, the uh, microsoft data center where open ai runs uh, they registered some 34% increase so 1.7 billion liters of water were consumed and if you kind of go back to the google go, go, go to google's environment report they have confused, uh, consumed 5.6 billion liters of water so this whole so one can argue that you know generative ai is very good it's important and you know it's, it's serving a greater good but to our earlier point that somewhere i think construction data center technologies all of that has to kind of fall in line with this aspect which gets neglected because we you know people keep on talking about electricity consumption but the water side kind of gets ignored so that was something which uh, uh, i think we tend to take water for granted we uh, we just assume it's always going to be going there going to be us. there yeah uh, that's that's one of the big challenges right in yeah. everything that we look at even when we talked about fashion tech and we talked about the you know thousands of liters of uh, water that gets consumed in producing one pair of denim so one pair of correct, jeans or correct, whatever absolutely. i think we tend to forget because the most essential thing after air i think would be water but we just tend to take water for granted uh, forever and i think that's a very good point to highlight amiran because water is going to become the challenge in addition to everything else so um maybe with that we come to the end of the first segment where we've really defined what we think is going to be the problem with the real estate piece and how i think in the next segment we'll kind of cover how some tech if it is also in the sustainable space and does not consume water the way chat gpt is is likely to have quite a bit of change in the sustainable uh, development space so we'll come back to you on that in the second segment Hi uh welcome back in in the previous segment of our makan episode we talked about the the problem and the extent of the problem uh, uh you know what, what why why we are where we are right and uh the issue is that where where do we need solutions uh, so when you talk of the homelessness part the solution required is can you create low cost housing at a rapid rate um because you know it solves a lot of uh, issues societal issues like mental health physical health drug abuse alcohol uh, abuse and stuff like that so so one is the aspect about cheap fast uh, and probably sustainable development uh, the second is that you know um, what does it entail to to create you know the future where buildings are much more sustainable much more energy efficient uh, and and how do we go about that and the third aspect of tackling this <coughs> problem is also retrofitting right so as i said uh, in the previous segment two thirds of the building will still be around for two decades so the the problem will still be there so you have to do some amount of uh, redevelopment uh, of of the existing uh, stuff uh, so sheetal why don't you kind of lay the ground about you know this whole sustainable aspect and what does it really entail when you when we talk of the sustainable the second uh, aspect you know so creating sustainable buildings so you know when we talk about that nilesh uh, we tend to look at one aspect of it very often when we are having conversations but 
if you think of a building or um, a construction, then think about it as can we make it more en- energy efficient? Because we're talking about how much energy construction is taking in, right? So how do we do energy efficient design features uh, to ensure that we're using renewable energy resources rather than, uh, you know, we're using energy consumption from other places. So how do we do, for example, solar panels, which is a, a renewable energy resource? So we need to think about energy efficiency. We also need to think about uh, building materials. Like, uh, are there ways that we can use recycled materials to reduce the environmental impact um, that is there with construction? A big thing, like Samiran said, water is a big thing consumption but in addition to that how do you make sure that you have both water and waste management because waste management is also a a large area we in Bombay you know how much of this whole landfill nonsense is going on because we are not really looking at construction based recycling we are not looking at things like that you break anything in the house and you know it's the truckwala's problem because he comes and collects it and where he goes and dumps it nobody really knows or cares Those are things that we need to start becoming conscious of as consumers. I think we're also, we spoke about carbon uh, footprint. How do you offset your carbon footprint? You know, what can you do to make, uh, to use energy efficient materials? How do you encourage public transportation? So imagine if you have Hiranandani creating what it is creating in Mumbai. Now, if you don't provide for public transportation options and things like that, then you are causing more problems because you're now going to make sure that people use more cars and all of that. So it's all just going to add to multiple levels of carbon footprint, not just the carbon footprint that is going into the construction itself. Um, we can also do a lot of landscaping solutions. Bombay, I know, has a challenge as far as space is concerned, Samiran, but I'm sure that there are ways that we can do green roofs and, you know, vertical farming and things like that, which helps in the whole green landscaping space. So there are so many areas that one can look at when you think about talking about sustainable homes. It's not just about the sand consumption or it's not just about the water consumption. It's the sum total of about about every aspect of the construction. So, you know, the, the, I think the thing that always comes back to bite us is the fact that, uh, you know, the, the cost of doing all of this versus the benefit and who pays for it. So, I mean, we, we kind of hear it all the time. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, but the cost will go up to it. So, I think somewhere the economies of scale have to kick in such that this becomes viable. And I kind of keep on going back to our episodes on... Uh, you know, Aadhaar and all where they said, you know, that we kind of gave identity for $1 a citizen. So, I mean, and I'm not saying that it's going to be that cheap, but we'll have to figure out some way of doing this such that we can provide these features, for want of a better word, at a cost that is acceptable. Because, you know, I mean, quite honestly, the common man doesn't want to pay for all of this, uh, you know, and say that, you know, I want a clean environment, but I'll pay double the cost. So, I think somewhere that thing is a bit of a challenge. So if we kind of shift gears and talk about uh, companies and what they do. And since we kind of did a bit of Microsoft bashing earlier about water consumption. So uh, in fact, uh, uh, so in in that sense, they have kind of been at the forefront of uh, this whole net zero campaign because I think uh, 
Brad Smith, who's uh, their uh, president and chief legal counsel. He's kind of been uh, at the forefront of this. And they've kind of taken it upon themselves to pilot this uh, starting from the Redmond campus. I think there used to be 72 buildings there and they were, I think, kind of are breaking all of them down and redoing it. And the new campus that will come up will be completely, you know, sustainable to that degree. So, uh, you know, just as an example, Microsoft, I think business grew by 18% uh, in 2022, uh, but uh, emissions fell by 0.5%. So while well, 0.5 is not significant, but you kind of you say that at 18% growth, at least there should be 18% emissions, but that actually fell. So you know that that was a big thing. Uh, to your point about waste, I think they've been doing a lot of work on the waste side. Uh, on the server hardware side, uh, at least their sustainability report claims that 82% of all of that is from recycled material or is recycled into something else. Uh, in fact, they have reduced, I think, plastic, uh, uh, single-use plastic, I think, has come down by 29%. In fact, uh, I think one of the, they, I think they took up this, one of the places they took up this campaign as a pilot was in the Dublin office. So I think that whole, you know, paper cups and, you know, single-use plastic and all that to bring it out. So I think... Uh, they are definitely setting the tone in terms of, you know, they've signed PPA agreements for 13 uh, gigawatts of energy. So, you know, then there is a whole lot of work they're doing on carbon re- renewable. And I think that's also in the millions of tons, you know, they're actually kind of uh, paying for carbon renewal. And uh, their uh, their objective is not carbon neutral. I think they want to be carbon negative, so which is kind of a very, very big objective. So I, I guess... Everybody can't be a Microsoft, but I think there could be learnings, small learnings in there for everyone. You know, maybe there could be things one can pick and choose and say, you know, maybe I can deal with water this way. I can deal with wastes this way. Maybe I can do something in the energy space. And at least if all the big tech companies and the larger organizations go this way and every maybe the larger industrial houses, I think we would have taken at least a baby step in the direction of affordable, sustainable easily available housing as well as construction which is environment friendly since uh, before we end the sustainability aspect of our solution statement uh, i have to add uh, another company now this is a this is on the other side uh, of of what, what you mentioned so alphabet had a, uh, i don't know whether the company is still alive called sidewalk labs uh, co- company which was into sustainable development now, Sidewalk Labs uh, took up a bid for a uh, project uh, to redevelop the Toronto waterfront, you know, in 2017. And uh, they, they came up with a fantastic, you know, presentations about, uh, you know, tons of things, robo taxis, sidewalks which were heated, you know, a lot of um, Monitoring was involved because, you know, it is Alphabet and Google, but for your benefit, supposedly, quote unquote, and uh, a the jazzy presentation uh, and and uh, the, the, the city gave the project to Alphabet. And uh, in, you know, obviously COVID happened and that was one of the reasons why they said uh, they scrapped the project in, I think, uh, late 2020 or 2021. That is how they said that it was untenable, uh, you know, COVID uh, delays, this, that. But the fact was one of the architects from the city, Toronto City Council or something, put it very nicely and very aptly. He said that, you know, these companies talk about what 
they can do or rather what they will do for the waterfront but no one is talking about what should be done what the city felt was that while you talked of all these things no one really talked of the sustainable aspect which samina and chital you mentioned right while microsoft is they, they there was no clear model of how do you make it more green what is the waste management it did talk of how brilliant monitoring would be so that you know your life will be so simplified but they never talked about what should be done and this is like a opposite example to what microsoft is doing you know before we end on the sustainable practices i'll just add you know both of you have talked about those two things and since i mentioned about uh, cement uh, just to you know there is uh, some uh, we talked of sand and how um, you know uh, it is a important component but you don't get the right kinds uh, other than riverbed so there is uh, uh, some work happening whereby you can take rock and blast it to the right degree to create particles Uh, which can be a replacement to riverbed sand so that is a good thing uh, that is happening uh, so that you know some some relief to the rivers and uh, another thing to add uh, which we didn't touch upon i mean it has to be done in a controlled manner wood uh, coming back to construction is actually good because it is uh, you know uh, a very sustainable uh, resource and people are looking at uh, how how they can utilize wood which which used to be the core component of construction and it is no longer anymore right so so that was another one on uh, sustainable aspect uh, so that was our bit on the first uh, you know part of the solution statement the second part was i'll quickly continue was about uh, homes you know how do you create homes uh, fast cheap uh, and i mentioned about the cambridge uh, study on impact of providing home to homeless uh, and uh, they didn't stop at just the study they actually uh, created modular uh, mini homes uh, and uh, the cost of those mini homes was around uh, 50000 uh, dollars uh, and uh, that is actually equivalent to the public spending on one homeless person for a year in uk uh, so so it is kind of uh, self sustaining you solve the problem with the money that you anyway end up spending so that was what cambridge did about uh, modular mini homes closer home in in uh, india there is a organization called habitat for humanity international uh, they have invested about uh, 400000 us dollars in a startup called trasta these guys produce 3d printed homes Uh, these are extremely affordable and uh, they can be can be customized and put up in i think 5 or 6 days so so 3d printed homes uh, is something which even africa is uh, has been toying with uh, there is a startup called 14 trees uh, in in malawi and kenya uh, these guys build 3d printed home in 12 hours uh, and the cost is less than 10000 uh, dollars yeah and uh, this this is a clincher uh, the process of this fabrication is such that it reduces emissions by as much as 70% so so the sustainable and cheap uh, and uh, extremely fast built up uh so so they they are gaining quite a bit of traction uh, there was a nice you know i saw a video also about this 14 trees and the kind of homes they are building in malawi and kenya 
then there is a project which was very interesting again uh, uh, this was in los angeles where uh, shipping containers the homes are being created and shipping containers are used like modular units so you can if you want floors you stack them up and then you have uh, some amount of insulation windows um, other built up area and you can put them up very fast actually ship, uh, uh, when i read this i was wondering why india was not, not mentioned because i know for sure that Pune has a kind of a uh, tech park. If, uh, I'll not call it a park, but an area where uh, you you can, I'll say a workspace, co-working space, which is built out of shipping containers. So in India, I've heard uh, this in Pune and also uh, in North somewhere where people are using shipping containers uh, as a very fast way of uh, building up, um, you know, living areas. So that was uh, some of my thoughts on how to build fast modular uh, kind of homes you know so i also think that one is uh, building them fast etc but it's also about how do you ensure that within the homes there is all the facilities that you know otherwise very often you say oh the house is small it's affordable and therefore it's compromised on a whole bunch of levels so i'm hoping that the kind of affordable housing that happens is happening not just because the you know the government is pushing for affordable housing because every time you hear about this in india that uh, there is a push for affordable housing but when you speak to the builder community you kind of get a sense that nobody's really creating affordable housing very 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 true shital actually uh, i should have mentioned so these 3d printed homes and even the shipping containers they uh, uh, do have the shipping containers one uh, have a microwave a fridge a tv and a toilet and it's a single room uh, so you can cook or heat something and you know you have you have a toilet uh, you are absolutely right the facilities have to be such that someone can live in the cambridge one is actually a pretty good house you know because it is costing you almost uh, about 40000 it's not a lot but it has uh, the the amenities but you are right i mean it, yeah it, it has to solve the problem and not create more nuisance of you know waste and uh, stuff happening outside of the house right so so that's true right. so i heard this uh, a, a recent interview by nanu milkani and uh, so i you know like we we keep kept on hearing about these uh, how they have built digital rails and infrastructure which is how upi aadhar ondc and all that so now actually at the next level they are actually building out components which essentially will go on to solve uh, uh, climate change issues so by you know even i felt you know how the hell is this going to happen so what they are saying essentially is that there are parts of this piece which is you know like this carbon markets for carbon there is you know uh, waste management you know there has to be basically the whole thinking that they have is that the government the markets and civil society need to come together so it has to be a whole ecosystem play so they are at least they are using technology to build an ecosystem which will allow us to deliver this profitably every because uh, like we are saying you know the government can push but you know it doesn't make economic sense you know the, if the builders are creating ways there has to be a market to sell it so that they can make uh, you know uh, money out of it and civil society also has to agree that okay this is basic standard so i was very intrigued by the fact that this whole digital public infrastructure thing is kind of uh, you know thanks to g20 and all of that is kind of flowing into this uh, climate change sustainability and maybe construction and all of that is a part of this that you know they they you technology is going to kind of become a part of how we will solve these problems uh, 
in the future at least that is the hope so uh, on that space of technology solving problems i think what's happened in the uh, in the makan sector is technology has solved some problems for us already right for example earlier finding a home you were stuck on a on true having true. a broker working with the brokers in the area etc today you know you have the 99 acres and everybody so there's a whole platformization as far as search and find is concerned uh even if you were renting a house right a nobroker.com today is a much easier way to find things so there's tech which is there in the search space there is also tech in the way um earlier if you remember builders used to do show flats and multiple options and you could not see a building when it was just a plot of land but today True. with drones and with 3d and virtual and ar vr they are able to show you what a house is going to look like in the future right True. so you are now able to take a slightly more how should i say a, a informed, informed decision. decision in that sense and coming to uh, nilesh's favorite blockchain uh, <laughs> right it has increased transparency uh, in transactions right because now land and its ownership is established thanks to blockchain and things like that so verifiable credentials coming into that space so i think what has happened is where where it comes to the consumer experience of buying a house uh i think tech has already started making a huge difference what we have not seen on a large scale and it's happening but i think an average consumer doesn't see it is how technology is being used in construction so lead certified buildings you know nilesh was talking about the whole um the way windows will be uh, glazed etc for uh, insulation purposes and so on so i think what is required is the awareness of how technology is playing a role in building sustainable uh, constructions and i think that's where the gap is i think that's where we need to start educating the public and people need to start asking these questions to say is this a sustainable building not a sustainable building and uh what we are hearing from consumers at least the younger generation is that they are asking these questions i think the older generation which is our generation is still not as a web but the younger right, ones it is like a more of friends and family kind yeah, of approach correct yeah. but whereas the younger one is asking all the right questions so i think there is hope for us and for uh the planet at large <laughs> that when young people ask questions and you know your ratings drop and uh your saleability drops if you're not really sustainable then it will force the market forces will force uh the suppliers to kind of go more sustainable i don't know what you think about that and what's happening in dublin there um nilesh on this uh, front but i'm seeing that slight shift coming into india for sure so uh, you know you're so right i mean in the end economics uh, will will play a very big role in in bringing about the change and in uh, dublin uh, ireland as such they have a single rating system uh, for buildings right it is called ber rating b e r and actually uh, your house value goes down as you get a worse ber rating so a is high and then it's three levels in a and three levels in b c d so if you are uh, you know when you search for a house uh a and b ber rated are like green after that it is already orange and uh, red so so value of your house celebrity goes down uh, it's very 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 clear uh so 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 that part definitely 
will help in in building sustainable stuff and uh, coming to the you know the my point which is the third one retrofitting so b- before selling your house you might want to you know renovate it get the new energy certificate so that value of your it it will kind of pay for the 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 retrofitting honestly uh, so so that part i found it very interesting that your value will go up and uh, the differential will actually be something you will spend on the house and get it back so uh, worth doing it is is worthwhile right so that might be a bit of a challenge in the indian context um, uh, nilesh given that you know all of us live in societies and we live in large uh, apartment buildings versus individual homes where um, there's always a, con- a conflict over there but i'm sure we will have to find solutions for that too correct correct very true i think i think no uh, i just wanted to say that you are you are right i mean india the whole apartment complex stuff uh, is is a is a bit more difficult but uh, you did mention about what can be done at a individual apartment level uh, you know to to uh, reduce uh, the heating make the ventilation better you know have more efficient uh, air conditioning these are the things which go into you know energy consumption while operating uh, a building and uh, 30 70% of emissions actually come from uh, building operations you know 30, only 30% are related to construction so so i think some amount of retrofitting can be done uh, at a apartment level Uh, and and on the water thing you know i i know for sure in uh, when i was in gurgaon many many apartment buildings started doing rainwater harvesting uh, which was fantastic because yeah unlike maharashtra i mean obviously there is a shortage uh, it is semi arid kind of a area so so yeah yeah i think we kind of got a little involved in this whole housing thing suffice to say that there is a lot of work going on it's not an easy problem to solve Uh, at least i just kind of saw news today that even with the prime ministers that avas yojana i think they put about 7.2 billion dollars into housing for you know low interest credit for people about 50 lakh loan so you know they're trying to help in their own way i saw a very very nice interview with nitin gadkari who talked about highways and you know the amount of recycled material that is going into highway constructions which is plastics and all other waste Which is, which is very heartening to note, and I also saw that you know when the government is being progressive, they actually give ten to twenty percent more for land acquisition. They give ten percent advance if you are buying equipment and all. So there's tons of stuff that's going on. So I think in the times to come, maybe not twenty thirty, but at least by twenty forty, we will see this tide turning somewhat. That affordable housing, sustainable housing, more people getting housing, and you know. hopefully all of this will turn out and we don't have to then go to mars and settle so <laughs> <laughs> yeah which so, is our prediction for 2050 2050 so yeah uh, if you've missed our episode on predictions for 2050 you need to go back and listen to that because amiran of course believes that all of us should migrate to mars such that earth can cleanse itself and then we can come back and take live here more happily uh, if we hopefully do everything right now maybe we won't have to migrate to mars on that happy note thank you for listening to another episode of three techies banter we hope you had fun if you did please subscribe we are on various podcast platforms if you're on apple podcast please 
do leave behind a review it helps our podcast grow and uh, do remember that we've launched a whole series of shorts now which come to you at a higher frequency than our longer episodes uh they are fun they give you a uh, you know they technology and beyond uh, so we talk about everything from peanut butter um sandwiches to um donald duck sister and that could be a quiz question if you know her name please send it to us and you could win a prize and there's a lot more fun things that we're doing with our shorts so uh, look forward to hearing from all of you and hope that you continue listening to us thank you thank you for tuning in to this episode of three techies banter just wanted to say a big thank you to amazon music once again for partnering with us on this episode of the podcast